0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: This is A's Cast Live,
0: your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
2: Drive to deep center field, going back, Hernandez at the track, right to the wall. Gone! Elvis
3: Andrews!
0: And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep look.
4: Guerrero lifts one to left field, and gone! Oh, Tani, that was a
5: moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby
0: champion! Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us, next from the town, only on A's Cast Live.
2: The infield is slightly to pole. Here's the pitch to Seth, and he drives one to deep right and way back, and no doubt, and the A's have taken a 3-0 lead. A tremendous home run to right field by Seth Brown. And number two this year, already for Seth. 3-1 pitch, defender. The right-hander throws and chad hits it high in the air to right center and deep kirmaier back in the alley at the track he's right to the wall he'll turn and watch and it's gone and the a's have gone back to back and elvis hits it to deep left way back josh Lowe is back turning and he will watch it fly elvis andrews unloads with a three-run home run throws and noisy it's a drive to left field that is way back in The left fielder is gonna look and it's gone and that's a grand slam to left over the head of Harold Ramirez, the left fielder for the Rays, and Sheldon Noisy puts four on the board for the A's and the ninth inning and the A's take a 13 to two lead.
4: Here's Chris
5: Townsend. If that was a heavyweight fight, it would have been called in the second round. Four in the first, four in the second, It was a big right hand over the top in the first, the left hook in the second, ball game over as the A's would have knocked the Rays out, putting up eight runs in the first two innings. But I got to tell you, a lot of fun to watch because we have talked about now this road trip to start the season. Welcome to Ace Cast Live. We have a lot to get into. Our man Shooty Babbitt, one of the top scouts in the business, is gonna join us coming up here at 1.30. Of course, one of the top scouts for the Oakland Athletics. As Shooty says when he's on the road, he's in the bushes. We don't know where he is. You know, parts unknown, where he is unknown. Hotel. It's probably some bad. I won't say which hotel because you never know who's the sponsor. But uh, could be some bad hotel in the middle of nowhere. He's in the bushes, but we got him here on Ace Cast Live coming up here at one thirty. And then one of our favorites. You see him. He's one of the stars of MLB Network. Brian Kenny. Speaking of boxing, still does boxing for Showtime. Uh, Brian Kenny, host of MLB Now and one of the main hosts for MLB Network. He will be here at two o'clock. One of my all-time favorites. The legend, BK. That's what we have going before we're going to send you over to A's Total Access coming up at 240. First pitch will be at 340. We're making history today, Commander. Did you know that? Well, we're not making – we're going to be a part of history. We're not exactly making history. We're going to be, a better way to put it, joining history today. Are you talking about today's pitching matchup by chance? This is the 28th time. Now, we played baseball for over, what, 150 years. This is the 28th time in Major League Baseball history that you have not one, but two pitchers making their debut in the same game. Now you think 28 times? I mean, well over 100 years of baseball. Neither the A's or the Rays have ever been a part of a game like this. So Adam Aller, we know who's a we know he's a great story. As we talked to him in spring training. And about his journeys of pitching, God, all over the place. And being the Mets Minor League Pitcher of the Year, but being blocked. Well, he's not being blocked. And he came to the A's, just just give me the ball. Start, middle relief, whatever you need from me. And he's now going to start make his debut. Going to be very emotional. He was emotional talking about it when he got the announcement that he made the club from Mark Katze down in Arizona. And then he was emotional with us in the clubhouse talking about it and his family and everything that, you know, your siblings, your parents, you know, everybody that has been a part of this journey and you're finally making it and making your debut. Going to be cool. And the same thing for Tommy Romero. It's one of the great things that I love about covering Major League Baseball are days like this where you get to see the parents, wives, girlfriends, siblings. People are crying. It's such an emotional moment. You think of all the practices. You think uh, of all the games that the family has sat there and watched all these years, and then the hardships, right? You know, this isn't like the bonus baby getting rushed up to the big leagues. This is somebody that's pitched around the world, basically. And now finally getting this shot, it's going to be emotional. But the cool thing, it's just not his family. And and the people that love him, it's this guy Tommy Romero for the Rays, too. You're going to have two of these groups going. Normally, the cameras all focus on the one family and the one group. Well, now you're going to have it on both sides. Going to be really cool. His dreams are going to be made today. Unfortunately, at the worst stadium in all of baseball, Tropicana Field. Place is awful. It's a dungeon. But for these people... And the dreams being made, nobody will care. But how about the start for the A's? You know, we're filming the show today, so just to, for the people who can watch, you can just see what the Bible looks like, the scorebook, and the red and the pencil. The red is good. Pencil, bad. And you just get an idea of what yesterday's game was like. And for the athletics, this was supposed to be the road trip from hell you got to go to Philly. They've revamped their offense. They've improved their bullpen. You're going to be in trouble in Philly. The A's got one. Okay. Now you're going to Tampa for four. Oh, my God. Tampa's one of the best teams in baseball. Tampa could be representing the American League in the World Series again. That's how good they are. You're in trouble. And then you got to go to Toronto. And we know about all the talent Toronto has. Well, so far... If I was to tell you the A's are going to start this 2-2 two and two, and now the Rays have issues, you know, yesterday Patino, their the, their guy went out because of a problem with his left side. Yarborough's now on the DL. They don't have the depth that they used to have. I mean, right, right now you're looking at A's, you get a win today, and you're telling me you've already split a four-game set in Tampa with a chance to take three out of four, if not sweep it? Are you kidding me? Best-case scenario, what's going on? And one thing that's going to be a theme throughout the season, we decided this on our show in spring training, that this is the year of discovery. And what can the A's find to help them win now? And what can the A's find for the future? And one of the cool things that we saw today came out on Twitter from it was, what, MLB Players Association Twitter account?
3: Let me get the direct. Uh, twi- get the
5: exact. We need to be exact. Because you was know we believe everything we read on MLB Twitter. MLB
3: Players Media is what it was on Twitter.
5: MLB Players
3: Media. Yeah, the, the handle is at MLB Players Media. They're verified, so they're legit.
5: You think about a guy like Seth Brown, and you think about somebody in some of these guys' journeys, we, we you know I was watching MLB Network earlier this morning, and they had Ken Griffey Jr. on, and Ken Griffey Jr. is going to be a big part of Jackie Robinson Day, going to be really cool coming up here on Friday. But you think of a guy like Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey's getting drafted. He's the number one overall pick. He's considered one of the best prospects that you've ever seen. He's in the big leagues at 19 years old, plays 22 seasons, first ballot Hall of Famer. You're used to that. And that's who we celebrate, and his rookie card is one of the most expensive rookie cards of all time. And There's not a lot about a guy like Seth Brown. And that's why I love the stories of today, of today's game, you know, Adam Aller. I think it's Seth Brown's story now with another home run, three-run shot yesterday. You just love the stories of the guys that don't give up. That you got to rip the jersey off of them. That they're gonna they're gonna go as far as they possibly can go. And I love that. You got the rest of your lives to have a regular job like us, right, Cody? You got the rest of your life. Yeah, pretty much. Give it everything you got. It's like I always laugh when people go, God, you know, seeing Willie Mays as an older guy playing for the New York Mets. Well, why not? What else is he going to do, play golf? He was a casino greeter. You got the rest of your life to get paid by a casino. Why not play to the very end? Tom Brady. Ah, Tom should give it up. Why? He can still play. He wants to play. He's got the rest of his life with Giselle and the kids. Play while you can play. Here is a video they put out. With Seth Brown and Seth Brown is taking his journey. And not only are we finding out more about his journey, but we're also finding out how he's
6: helping people along the way. I failed a lot more than most people.
7: Seth Brown doesn't have a ton of big league experience, but life experience.
6: I've been to dead ends of dead ends.
7: He has plenty. When Brown was 19, He quit baseball, dropped out of school, and spent a year working at a gravel pit.
6: My job was to weigh the trucks as they came in. They would come in, fill up with gravel. I'd write down what gravel they're getting. They'd come back out. And uh, so you spend time alone. You just, I had so much time to think.
7: So Brown thought and realized who he was wasn't who he wanted to be he figured he'd blown any shot at a pro career but brown returned to college and focused on becoming a better person
6: the moment i forgot about professional baseball and the moment i focused on my life it was like these doors just opened up one after the other all the way up to getting drafted
7: today you'll often find brown talking with little league teams and school kids sharing stories about bad decisions and bad influences
6: I always tell kids, figure out the difference between a giver and a taker and surround yourself with people who want to give to your life, who challenge you in life.
7: Just before Christmas, he posted this, asking people to contact him if you or your family are having a tough time or have a need for a gift under the tree. Then Brown opened up a Zoom and talked with them.
6: And I got a lot of messages kind of saying, hey, you know, my I've got a friend, she's She's in her 70s or or I've got a kid who's who's 12 years old, never been to a game. This is what we as professional athletes and any sport are here for.
7: Off the field and on the field, Seth Brown's last couple of years have been a home run. He is living his dreams in part because he refused to give up on them.
6: I would say to anybody who watches any kid watching this doesn't matter what situation you're in. You can always keep moving forward.
5: How about that? It's a great message. And I said last night on the A's Clubhouse show, you know, this is a guy that can give you 25 to 30 home runs, maybe even more. And you might say, whoa, Townsend, slow down. No, but I just want you to think of the math here. He's got two already in four games. To hit 24 in a six-month season, you just got to have four swings a month. And with everybody lifting and launching, that's four swings. Four times six is 24. So to think that a guy can hit 25-30 isn't – I mean, that used to be kind of a number you went, wow, I got 25 bombs last year. Life's changed. Baseball's changed. And if you tell me that Seth Brown's going to play throughout the year and that he could have 30 home runs, remember, it's just four a month. It's four swings a month that you got to get it, get the ball in the air, and it's gone. So you do it five, six times a month. We're now in the 30s. Very, very doable. But the fact that he's reaching out and helping people is an absolute wonderful story. See, it's those stories right there. And you realize what he's been through in his life that make you really root for a guy that normally you're like, wow, we're playing Seth Brown this year, really? I mean, now that you get to know his story, and where he has come from to where he is now, how do you not root for somebody like that? How do you how, how do you not say, you know what, I'm all in on the Seth Brown train. Get him in the lineup and let's see. I think of a guy like Sheldon Noisy. Sheldon Noisy is somebody who last time he was here and he was sit down, I'll tell you, there was an A's executive that told me, didn't go over well, just didn't go over well. And this executive understood. It's like, you know, when you've hit and you keep getting sent down, you're like, you know, what do you want me to do? And you don't want to see a guy go down and have a bad attitude, but what do you expect? I mean, you only go through this once. You get one shot before you run out of shots. And, you know, if you have hit and they send you back down, you're not going to be thrilled. He left the organization. He's now back. I mean, obviously, they like him as a player. They wouldn't bring him back unless they like him. And it's time to see. What do you got? This is the year of discovery. What do you got in Seth Brown? What do you got? Sheldon Noisy, what do you have? Let's see it. Does he have to play third every day? No. You can play him in different spots. Hell, he always got a DH spot. Second base, third base. I mean... Let's see if he's hit in the minor leagues. You can look at the OPS. You can look at the average. You can look at it. You can say whatever you want about hitting in Las Vegas. He's hit. Why not see who Sheldon Noisy is? Can he hit at this level? Great. If he can't, then you finally know. This is the year of discovery. And I don't care if your grand slam is off. Brett Phillips, I t- take a grand slam. Hey, if they're going to throw the guy out there, that's not your fault. And by the way, it is impressive. When is the last time you think Sheldon Noisy, as he talked about his body, y- y- your instincts, it is so hard when a guy's just floating ball- the ball up there to stay back and stay back and stay back. It's so hard to do. That's why some of the – who's the guy that came in – a couple of years ago from center field from uh, the Orioles, who was like unhittable because he threw
3: so slow. Wasn't it Stevie Wilkerson? I think that's who it was, Stevie Wilkerson. I don't remember,
5: but he threw so slow that they just couldn't time it because these guys haven't seen 48 since they were in Little League.
3: My only question is, and I don't mean to rain on the parade, but why were the Rays using Brett Phillips? How How many relievers do we have now with the expanded rosters that we're throwing a position player out there? Let's see. Because Chris uh, Mazza won how many innings after he got shelled? He gave up what seven runs?
5: 9,000 Eight one, runs. Ninth, I, I forgot to put down the attendance last night in the Bible. 9,139. Because why do you care at that point? Was that what? Was it more entertaining? And normally I hate a position player, but he made the play he made on Seth Brown last night in the ninth inning. Was spectacular.
3: That's a Gold Glove play from him. That
5: was spectacular.
3: Gold Glove play.
5: Tell me, Statcast, how much ground he covered on that play?
3: I'd have to look it up. It but. was it
5: was amazing. The slide in, into the dugout, in into the mesh there, and the fact that he got up and gave the outs and then tipped his cap. I thought was absolutely classic, and they were loving it on MLB Network because they showed it over and over again. You know, I I'm not going to be surprised and you make a good point like hey, we've given you 28 given you 28 roster spots. You really need to be throwing a position player when we've given you a, a Bazillion pitchers and they're going to look at it and you know what they're going to say to us as David Force said yesterday and I think every single GM is going to say this. Shorten spring training, we're worried about injuries. If we can throw out some outfielder in there to throw 48, then the game's probably already in doubt anyway, and we can save innings for our relievers, even though we have a whole boatload of them down in the bullpen. I guess I kind of understand it, and I understand what they're – that's exactly what they're going to say, right? They're going to say, well, short and spring, we're worried about injuries. Look at all the guys – Getting injured already. The White Sox. White Sox had two two guys put on uh, the IL earlier this morning.
3: Yeah, Lynn and or no, sorry, Lynn's already on the IL. There was Gialito, the another starter, G-Lito. and AJ Pollock, who they got for Craig Kimbrel. Bad or,
5: hammy for Pollock.
3: Yeah. So uh, there's all these injuries now for them. And um, the Rays, like you saw, Patino get hurt. You mentioned Yarbrough already hurt. It's uh, they have Tyler Glass already hurt. I mean, he's been on the IL. He Tommy John surgery, so he's going to be out. Probably till closer to the end of the season, so I can I could see it where you talk about the injuries and the uh, shortened spring training, but still a position player in Game Four already. But here's good news about the A's: they A's won their second game last night. The last time last year, the A's won their second game, Game Nine last year. So they're already ahead of last year's pace. Last year
5: was a um, last year was definitely a struggle. Against the Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers. That was – I will never forget that Dodger game that they did win. Did that go to extras?
3: I think it did. I think it went to the 10th, Because
5: it felt like – it felt like this was a must win. Let's see. You didn't put the batting average here in the playbook. 12.
3: The batting – which batting average?
5: 12 for runners in scoring position. Oh, yeah. Position.
3: It's, it's, uh, they're 12 for 25 with 19 RBIs. Yeah, the, but you
5: didn't give the average. Yeah,
3: 250. Oh, the average is 480. Yeah. So, 258, the A said, with runners in scoring position last year. So, last
5: year, if it wasn't a home run, let's face it, the A's didn't score. They were basically built on, they're like a softball team. And this is not going to, who knows what this number is going to be? I have no idea. But let's have fun, for God's sakes. They're two and two. Um, 480 batting average right now with runners in scoring position compared to last year, they were 258. They they had a really hard time just getting runners in. And you looked at all the batting averages. You know, we kept talking about it. As much as, you know, I've been reading this book in the offseason about analytics and batting average is such a flawed number. Well, you know what? Let, Let me tell you um batting average does tell you if a guy hits or not and plenty of guys last year for the a's did not hit and because of that they didn't hit with runners in scoring position they didn't hit with nobody on and they didn't hit with people on and if you don't do that you're not going to score a ton of runs now you're going to get streaky times where you're hitting a bunch of bombs and everybody's, everybody's fist bumping and everybody's hitting the forearms together and it looks great, but you don't sustain that. Unless you're like the Minnesota Twins who may do that again this year and we'll see if the Blue Jays can set the record for most home runs. But just living and dying off the home run makes you a real streaky team. So maybe, just maybe, you're looking at a team that will do more than just rely on the home run. Because I look at this lineup, I haven't seen today's lineup, but looking at last night's lineup, I mean, everybody in the lineup should, for some reason, have a chip on their shoulder.
3: I have the lineup here. I'm going to look it up real quick.
5: But every everybody, I look at Kemp, I look at Elvis, I look at McKinney, Murphy, Brown, Pender, Vogt, Noisy, Pache. Every single guy should have a chip on their shoulder. And even looking at today, a lot of, it's basically the same guys. Piscotti's going to be in there. Every one of these guys, if you're an older player, what's the chip on your shoulder? The older player, it's simple. You're trying to prove you still belong. If you're Elvis, if you're Vogt, Is Jed in there today? No. If Jed's in there, you're trying to prove that you still belong in the big leagues. That's bottom line. And then you got all these other guys. You know, Tony Kemp trying to prove that he can be an everyday player. He's getting that opportunity. He's leading off. You're playing second base. Tony, you've always wanted to be an everyday player. Well, here is your shot. Yeah, Jed actually is in there. I'm wrong. Jed's going to hit third and DH. But Sean Murphy. Not off to a great start, even though he had his first career triple. Sean Murphy, here's your opportunity. Your opportunity to prove that you're one of the best catchers in the business. Chad Pender, you're going to play every day. This is finally your opportunity to prove you're an everyday player and make yourself and your family a lot more money. I mean, this goes down the line. Stephen Piscotti, you've got to prove you can stay healthy. I mean, the future of your career as an everyday player is on the line as we speak. Can you be that guy? I talked a lot last night in the postgame show about A.J. Puck. I, Whatever A.J. Puck does, two innings, two hits, one run, no walks, three strikeouts, doesn't matter to me. The next 19-20 outings, the actual numbers don't matter to me, and I know that sounds crazy. I need to see A.J. Puck take the ball consistently and be healthy. The numbers will come. The kid is a tremendous talent. Stop with the comparisons of the big unit, Randy Johnson, the Hall of Famer. Stop with hater Andrew Miller. Stop. Until he can consistently take the ball and not be on the IL in rehab. That's the only goal I see for him right now. Now, for him as a professional athlete, don't listen to the post-game show guy. Don't listen to the talk show host days Cast Live. But to you, the fans, we've got it. What, what, what do we expect? I know he can strike people out. I mean, I know he's a great talent. I just don't know if he can stay healthy, and if you can't stay healthy, you're 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 kind of you're no good to the ball club. Wake me up with his numbers when he's had 20 appearances. His career high in the Meyer leagues was what 28.
3: Uh, that sounds about right.
5: I mean, the days of talking about him being a starter that's way down the road. We got to see if he can take the ball 20 times as a reliever without going on the IL because he unfortunately is in jeopardy of becoming what we call a career rehab guy. And that's not who you want to be because career rehab guys bounce from organization to organization. That top prospect label goes away. You know, you'll always have that. He was a first round pick, but that only goes so far. So that's what, you know, chip on your shoulder, AJ Puck, Steven Piscotty, the chip on their shoulder Can you stay healthy? I need to prove to all of you, but really themselves, I can stay healthy. And I can help a ball club win. Man, we have a lot to get into. We have that crazy play in Texas that essentially the double play in Major League Baseball is just basically becoming an automatic two outs. It's kind of sad. And as a former pitcher, you think I'd be for it? It's because the double play is the pitcher's best friend. One pitch, two outs. Who doesn't love that? But what we saw last night in Texas with Colorado, the way that game ended, is a travesty. And are we taking every type of physical play out of the game? We've taken all physicality out at home plate. We're now doing it at second base. Don't know if it's right. So we have a ton to get into, but coming up next, we honestly have no idea where he is in the bushes.
3: He didn't say. I didn't ask. We'll let it be a secret. Maybe we'll reveal. It's not like David Forrest being at Moraga yesterday. What's Cal in St. Mary's?
5: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, David, little,
3: David, I know D- Dylan Beaver's from uh, Cal's, a very good player. So maybe he's the guy they're looking at. Yeah,
5: he's not in Moraga. He's somewhere in the Midwest. Somewhere in the south, he's in the bushes, and we'll find him next. The great Shooty Babbitt right here on A's Cast Live.
7: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: A's Cast Live continues from the town.
4: Here's Chris Townsend.
5: You know, one of the funny things today about Ken Griffey Jr., And they were talking, uh, Mark DeRosa was asking about, did you understand what was going on when you were a player that you were changing, you know, fans and changing players in the next generation and having fun and, you know, putting your hat backwards and, you know, playing so free? And Ken said, and I was surprised. Oh, by the way, you know Ken and I are friends, right?
3: I've heard this before. You and Ken Griffey Jr. have had a f- many conversations, many drinks together. We had a mo-
7: we had a moment in Tokyo.
3: Oh, so I-, I can't remember if it was there or Seattle.
7: Yeah,
5: it was uh, Tokyo at the uh, Otani Hotel in the uh, hotel together. The last time uh, the athletics hooked up with the Seattle Mariners at the Tokyo Dome. No, but uh, Ken just said his dad always told him, "Man, have fun." No, it's a lot easier when you're when you're blessed with the skills of Ken Griffey Jr. just to go out there and have fun. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily work out like that for everybody. Uh, God, you remember that team, that Mariner team? To think that you got Alex Rodriguez and Ken Griffey Jr. literally the two best high school kids ever ever to be drafted. And they were on the same team. I mean, unbelievable. But it's going to be cool that now King Griffey Jr., you know, the next step of his career, you know, watching him become an ambassador uh, for baseball, and he's going to carry the torch and help out with Jackie Robinson Day, I think is going to be, you know, spectacular. Because he understands the history of this game. And as he said, listen, I grew up in this game. Uh, my father being in this game i mean king Griffey jr used to run around shooty babbitt shooty we have you in the bushes
1: Cow neat what's
5: up soul brother how are you doing it's been a while i miss you
1: well your your cell phone don't reach deep down in the bushes where i am the last couple of weeks so it's okay though but i'm doing fine um everything is great i'm glad to have the 2022 season back underway man and uh it's just good to be back in baseball
5: season. No doubt about it. And I was just talking about Ken Griffey and you as a scout know that uh, you talk about a guy coming out of high school, really him and A-Rod are the two guys you look at all time that you say, and I guess you could throw a guy like Mickey Mantle. where you look at these guys, they're 18 years old and they're already ready to be in the big leagues. But isn't that great that we're going to carry on this tradition of Jackie Robinson Day with King Griffey Jr. kind of leading the charge for Major League Baseball. It seems like such a great fit.
1: I think it's a great move, a great gesture, especially the time that we're in right now, you know, with the diminished numbers of uh, African-American players in our game. And you start talking about how King Griffey Jr. has been raised up in the game and the clubhouses and things of that nature. I wasn't blessed to be able to have a father who played in the game, but I was blessed to have a father that was working and was able to provide $25 for me to go out and get some stirrups and a belt and a two-tone t-shirt because they gave the jersey and the pants and to be lacing them up for little league. And for every year after that, baseball has been all my life and I'm in the position that I'm in today um, because of the game. So I'm extremely excited. Um, Last year, Or two years ago, I was able to uh, get a chance to celebrate my 42nd year in the game, and it was a historical number because that 42 is everywhere that you go in Major League Stadium. So um, I'm as static as everyone else is, and, and I think it's a very great thing for our game.
5: I mentioned earlier, and I think you know all about this from all your years in baseball, is that this right now is the land of opportunity that would be the Oakland Athletics. And you got all these guys that should have chips on their shoulder. Doesn't matter what the media says. Doesn't matter what the national media says. Or doesn't matter what the gamblers say or the fans say. It just matters inside that clubhouse. And I think of guys, whether you're talking about the veterans like Elvis or like Steven Vogt or Jed Lowry who are proving it, trying to prove they can still play. you got guys like Tony Kemp and, and Chad Pender who are being given the opportunity to play every day so they can prove that they can be that guy. And then you got other players that a lot of people think they shouldn't be in the big leagues. Whether you're talking about a Noisy or you're talking about a McKinney or you're like whoever, like all these guys. Aller who's making his debut today. you got a bunch of guys, Shooty, in that ace clubhouse that are getting an opportunity, and can you make the most of it? And that's what's going to be interesting to watch here, especially in the first half of the season. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I've always said um, on the pregame, on the radio, on your show, um, every year, this is the land of opportunity. You know, you can overkick your coverage and get paid, and it's okay. Because you've come up here and you've performed, and we know what happens. I mean, when you see your buddies leave, they get broke off these big-time contracts. You hate to see them go, but you're happy because you know they're going to be okay for the rest of their lives, them and their families. County, ain't no league bigger than the big league. If you're there, <laughs> it's because you've some, done something to get there. Hear me again. Ain't no league, nope. bruh. So there's always going to be critics. There's always going to be people who don't. Hey, there were a lot of people who didn't think that I was going to get out of rookie bar. There were a lot of people who didn't think I was worthy of getting drafted. And I wore that chip on my shoulder so long that I still have a big stitch from that big rock that I had to knock off of it. And I still carry a chip on my shoulder because I think that's what's kind of made me what I am today. Because on your journey, there's always going to be someone that doesn't believe in you. And all you need is an opportunity. They're playing for a manager that's not going to let anyone rest on their laurels. They're not going to let anybody criticize what they're doing about going about their business. They're going to be prepared. They're going to go out there and compete. And they're going to go out there and play the game. And you know what? You talk about a kid noisy. Here's a kid that jumped on the scene for us that we ruled five a couple years back, and then he ended up going to the Dodgers. Well, you go over there and you sit for a while, and you don't get a chance to play like you would. You learn a lot. You're playing in a big market team. And you get a chance to go back to Oakland. And man, oh man, I guarantee he's going to be a better player. He's going to be a better prepared. There's a wise man said that failure is just another chance to intellectually do it again. So he's getting that second chance, and I guarantee you're going to see a much better Noisy than you saw the first time. And he wasn't that bad when he was here before.
5: Well, the one thing that he has always done, Shooty, is hit. I mean, that's one thing he can do. He can hit. And it's now. Let's find out. I mean, if you're the A's with any of these guys, what the heck do you have to lose?
1: Well, the shillelagh is what gets you paid. I mean, you can't steal first base. I don't care how fast you are. You can't hit it out the park if you don't make contact. I don't care how much power you have. If you want to open up somebody's eyes, make the noise with that shillelagh, And that's what gets you an opportunity to play. There's some interesting kids on this roster right now, man. And they hear all the people. They hear all the criticism. And they've got a lot of pride. And not only do they want to prove it to themselves, but they want to prove it to all the people that don't believe in them. But you've got a couple of guys out there that's got some historic, it's got some numbers in their past. Now they get an opportunity to see if they can do it at the big league level. And that's going to be the biggest test for them.
5: What do you think so far, and I know you've seen it in the minor leagues, but what do you think so far about Pitchcom and speeding up the game and allowing defenders to have a better idea uh, to position themselves or anticipate a little bit better? Uh, I know you know about it. What do you think about Pitchcom so far, your observations?
1: Well, if you see me now, my beard is gray. That means I'm a little older, probably OG, if you will, and probably stuck (laughs) in my own way. Um, I always felt that the game was about skill and will and instincts. And what allowed you to be better than the other player is that you thought a little faster, you moved a little faster, you comprehended a little better, uh, but you knew how to play the game. You had to read swings, you had to figure things out on your own. I personally. Don't think the game is too slow. I love the game. I watch the game. I understand when there's a bad, poorly played game and the games along. long. When you have a good old baseball game and it takes a little while, I mean, what do you do? First thing you do when you get to the game, you're sitting down, worrying about what time the game is going to be over, you're not a real baseball fan. I just think that it takes some of the thinking out of the individual. You don't know how that guy is feeling. That pitch may not feel good in his hand at that point. And what happens then? Well, he's throwing it up there with hope instead of trust, and I don't like that. But if Major League Baseball feels that it's going to improve the quality of our game and increase the interest and grow the fan base, then I'm all for it. But if you ask every player man-to-man, I guarantee you they've got some objections with it.
5: So you're trying to tell me, when you're sitting in that suit, at the NBC California studios and the game's three and a half hours and you still got to do the post-game show, there's not a little bit of you in the back of your mind going, man, I wish this thing would get over soon.
1: Come game 145, 146, you might have a point. (laughs) But right now, Tony, that's what I get paid to do. And I try my best to do the best job that I can at that. And the worst thing that I'm going to do is sit up there and worry about how long the game is opposed to watching what's going on and being able to analyze that. You know, I, I understand, you know, I've been in the bushes since the beginning of this season and the first two games were four hour games. Trust me, this is what I wasn't looking forward to, but that end of it the, at the end of the night, It is what it is. I just don't think that this is a game that's been going on for a hundred and something years and there was nothing wrong with it. And all of a sudden we've got all these different changes and all these different things going on. I just, I just think sometimes too much is too much.
5: Players that you have now that people are going to be interested in, but how much more valuable could those players be as a bargaining chip at the deadline with already we're starting to see injuries starting to mount.
1: I don't think it's going to be that much at the trade deadline. I think most is going to take place before, you know, I've had this conversation with scouts, uh, former players, current managers. And I always said that this is going to be a year different than any year we've ever seen. Contrary to some people talking about three weeks is enough for spring training. I respectfully disagree. I mean, guys, Cleats are not even broken in. The gloves is not even broken in in three weeks. They need reps. I know one manager said that his regulars had only played nine innings one time. Okay, repetition, repetition, repetition is what this game is about. The more you do it, the better you get at it, and the more that you know yourself. Uh, as you see, trades are being made. Good players are going down. If you have something of value, you are the end thing right now, because everybody's going to be coming after you. If you have something that they need and you probably can get something back that you want.
5: Well, and and, you know, the A's are definitely going to be one of those players whenever it is people. I mean, wherever we, whenever, wherever we turn, we hear people talking about the A's and certain guys. So that will be definitely interesting. Shooty as we go forward, You know, looking at the play at second base on the double play, I'm not sure if down in the bushes, if you even have cable where you are right now. So I don't know if you saw the play last night. Um, But you never know. I mean, I, I, I know you... Uh, you might be at a four seasons, for God's sakes. We never know where Shooty is. But last night, the way the game ended between the Rangers and the Rockies with the double play at second base, interference, both runners out, game over, Rockies win, Bub Black with the challenge. If you saw it, I'd like your opinion. And just overall, how do you like the rules going on now that it's almost like if there's a double play and there's any type of contact between a runner and and a fielder that it's like a manager could challenge it and win. It's almost like the double play could be coming an automatic deal in the old days of breaking up the double play could be going away.
1: Well, I did not see the play, um, but I will comment on the fact. Um, I played the position uh, in my brief time in the big leagues. I had to dodge Dave Winfield. I had to dodge Hal McCray and Bobby Gritch and these guys that were notorious for coming in there and taking you out. One of the best pitchers I have, um, my memory of my career is Dave Winfield was making $10 million a year. I mean, making whatever it was. He's the highest played player in the year and I'm on a minimum wage. And this big six foot six dude is coming in there to take me out. Well, my job was to turn that double play and get up and get out the way. And that's the way the game has always been played. When you start changing the game, you start changing the instincts of the player. Me as a second baseman, I knew when to stay in there and turn it. I knew when to turn it as a, like a first base and then get up out of there. I knew the angles and I knew the play. I, like I said, that is one of the rules that I'm not in favor of because, first of all, what it also does is it just gives away way out. I mean, you have guys that slide halfway down. You have guys that play right field that can come in and play second base guys that are non-athletic can stand out there like robots and play the position because nobody's going to come in there and interrupt their rhythm so there is a problem for me right now I'm a guy who evaluates and when I'm evaluating infielders especially guys at second base one important thing about a guy used to be for me is a guy that wasn't afraid to play with the ball behind him Him knowing where the ball is and where the play is and what the timing is, is all that matters. But now it's pretty hard to say because you have guys that play with their hands or their knees. You don't have guys with good pre-pitch movements because they're just sitting there like robots. So the game is becoming somewhat like a Sager game. I mean, you're telling where guys to play. You're telling them how to play. You're how to hold the bat, how to swing the bat. I don't mean to be redundant, Uh, but when these issues come up and you change things that I saw nothing. every now and then someone got hurt that's just the nature of the game in every sport somebody gets hurt and that's unfortunate but I thought that was a big part of the game as well so um, I hate to see a game get called on a play that you got to go over there and discuss it the game used to speak for itself just like they say the game the players used to uh, manage the game what happens inside the game uh, things are just changing too much but you're talking about speeding the game up. To me, that just slows the game
5: up. Well, if you had one recommendation because you watch so much baseball, uh, especially at the different levels where they're trying all these rules, and they came to you, the commissioner's office came to you and said, all right, Judy, um you give us one thing that you think is going to speed up the game. What would it be?
1: Uh, pitch, guys, uh, pitchers throwing strikes and, and batters swinging the bat. Uh, you got so many guys that are sitting up there looking at pitches, trying to hit home runs that are not capable of hitting home runs. We don't have a lot of action. The reason why people say that the game is slow, because you don't see a lot of action. There are only a couple of guys in the lineup that can impact the game with their legs. Guys don't hit and run. Guys don't do the things that create the action. I just like to see the action um, increase a little more. Um, and you say, how do you do that? I just think that we have so many people that have an input on the way that the game is being played that it takes away the individuality of how a lot of guys play the game. So I would just like to see guys throwing more strikes. Uh, I've been down here in the bushes. Guys don't even have command of their fastball right there. And they're throwing 3-2 curveballs. And I've not one time. I've seen it over. And we're talking about guys that are hitting seventh and eighth in the lineup. So, theory and philosophy and all this kind of stuff is great if it works. But when it's kind of conflicting the game a little bit, that's where I have a problem. So, I would just like to see guys a little more aggressive of what they're doing, guys attack the bat, bat and guys attacking the ball.
5: Shooty, great stuff as always. When are we going to see you back on NBC Sports California?
1: Opening day, can't wait. Opening day at home. You can't wait to see see the fans.
5: That's when they bring the big leaguers out. They got to bring that. We call – Shooty's one of the suit guys, right? And when I say one of the suit guys, it means means the guys with the best suits, your prime talent comes out. Yeah, Shooty doesn't show up for on-the-road Tampa. Shooty doesn't show up for Toronto across the border. Shooty shows up for opening day.
1: Yeah, that's awfully kind of you, Tony, but shooty shows up when the boss tells him (laughs) to. And I'm going to tell you what, one more time, Tony, the suits and the ties, ain't no league, bro. When I was coming up, you always wanted to get to the show. And this is the show, and I'm going to respect it from day one until the day, uh, the last day that I get a chance to attend, man. But one thing I want to thank you again for always having me on. Um, you're doing a great job. You know, we've had a few years where it's been a little t- lean and a little tough, and we had to find ways to keep the fans engaged, and you've done a tremendous job at that. Um, not that I'm saying it's going to be that type of year because um, I think the A's are going to fool a lot of people this year. They're going to play great baseball, and Mark Cotty not just going to let them go out there and be marginal. He's going to expect these guys to be good.
5: Well, I'll tell you what, you've meant a lot to me in my career and all the things that you've done for me over the years. A lot of people, whether they know or not, all the different stations, all the different shows, you've always been there for us. And, you know, one of the great moments was when the A's brought you back and and you're back in the family. I mean, you never left the family, but, you know, back in with the organization, it it means a lot. So uh, you stay well in the bushes, and I can't wait for you to emerge. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Take care,
1: buddy. All right, I can't wait. All right, take care, Downey.
5: The great the great Shooty Babbitt. Hey, it doesn't matter what organization he's worked for, whether it was the A's, the Mets, the D-backs, whatever, uh, Shooty has been known as one of the top scouts in the business for a long time. And there's been some high-profile trades that, you know, you're going to trade X – they send Shooty out to go, what, what, what do we want for this guy? And so when he's off in the weeds, he never wants to. He can't tell you where he's at. And we don't want to even know. Because where he's at, he's just not out writing a report. Okay? I have an idea. Like, I probably could research and kind of give you an idea of where he is. Not to get too.
3: Yeah, no, no. But he's
5: not out, like, just randomly. He's not, like, ran. I'll just give you a name. He's not randomly just out scouting Rancho Cucamonga, the Quakes, or the, the Lake Elsinore Storm.
3: Oh, so he's at the Cow League, huh? He's not down watching the Cow League.
5: He's not at some just random spot. Shooting it sent to places for a reason.
3: Well, I mean, one, hopefully he's looking at some talent because we're in the talent acquisition mode where they have the team has been. And we saw it again, you know, this off season. And Shooty's out looking. The draft's coming up. We knew from David Force yesterday being in Moraga watching Cal and St. Mary's. So Shooty's out on the road looking. The draft's – do we know – is the draft in July still? I haven't actually looked up when the draft is. Well, we got switched last year, right? Yeah, because – It was later. Uh, let's see. MLB 2022 –
5: they should do the draft. They should do the draft.
3: Sunday, July 19th, and it ends Tuesday, July 19th. So the All-Star, that's, it's right before the All-Star break, I think. Yeah, because it used to be in June. Yeah. So now they're doing I think they do it right before the All-Star Which, break. Which, by
5: the way, I like this going forward because I would like to see the College World Series left alone. You know, too much of the draft bleeds into the College World Series, and guys are worried about getting drafted let it be in july make it a showcase thing make it around i mean have the have the i don't know how you do this and i'm just now just thinking about it for the first time how you would incorporate the all-star all-star cuz all-star week is really not all-star week it's what 3 days it's really it's 2 days cuz they show up on monday home run derby's on monday yep games on tuesday Wednesday, you fly back to wherever you need to go, and teams either start on Thursday or Friday. I don't know, maybe extend it. Maybe have the day after the All-Star Game, have everybody there. Where
3: is it this year? L.A.? I closed it. I'll see where the draft is. No, no, no. Oh, the All-Star Game, yeah, it's in L.A.
5: So have it the day after the All-Star Game, everybody at Dodger Stadium, or, you know, there's plenty of places in L.A. You could fit all the executives and not have it in New Jersey like they've been doing it for years now, and have everybody in L.A. and do it the day after the
3: All-Star game. I think that's a good idea. And then
5: you could bring all the guys you think that are going to be in the first round, bring them all out to the All-Star game, have it in L.A., and do that every year.
3: I think it's smart because then you get get FaceTime with these kids. And not only that, the fans who might not watch college baseball might get to see and get to know who these guys are.
5: Well the thing about the high school guys.
3: Yeah, that that's even a, even a better How do
5: point? I know who the hell this kid is? You know, I just I was just in South Carolina. How you, the hell do you know who the kid is? A high school senior in
3: South Carolina. You didn't watch Drew Jones, Andrew Jones' son play? Oh, you haven't watched any of his games? I, I haven't, but there are people that have watched or listened or live streamed those games. But you're right. Majority of our the fans you, of the game you know, haven't k- watched.
5: K- as shooty just said, this is the big leagues. Yeah. You watch Andrew Jones kid. I go to the
3: Masters. I'm actually going to watch minor league baseball later tonight. Yeah,
5: have fun. I was at the Masters. Yeah, not I, watching I was, Andrew
3: Jones' kid. I was not at the Masters, but I was here.
5: What, are you going to a San Jose Giants game? San Jose
3: Giants home opener tonight against having uh, I mean, Fresno. They, what,
5: Some of us got to work. I'll be working tonight in Major League Baseball.
3: The game's at 6.05. Uh, the game will, well, the way are. It might be it's close like, to being cool. over.
5: You kidding me? I my my gym closes at nine. They're still in COVID rules, of course. We're in Santa Clara County. Um, I was lucky to get there at eight o'clock.
3: Yeah, no, I remember when I was on my way up to Santa Cruz to drop my wife's friend off from picking her up at the airport, and I was listening to, it and I'm like, it's seven forty. And- <laughs> yeah, you think we're gonna
5: be done by six o'clock for a three forty start, an American League game?
3: Well, there was thirteen runs scored last night. I don't know. We'll Coming
5: up next, he's. He's our favorite. We can't. We have them all, so we have to say we love them all. But uh, he's our favorite. The great Brian Kenny from MLB Network will join us next right here on A's Cast Live.
6: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's
7: Chris Townsend.
5: That's right, it is A's Cast Live. Before we get to the Rays... And the Athletics coming up here at 340, where we got two pitchers tonight making their Major League debut just the 28th time in Major League Baseball that we have seen that. Well, you know what a big fan we are of MLB Network. It is the channel that we all love. And Brian Kenny is the main host of MLB Network, and he joins us
3: now here on A's Cast. I actually have to call him. Oh, you do? Yeah, Sorry. So, I'm doing this elaborate. BK will appreciate it. There's also a read for BK I put on our our, uh, show sheet to promote MLB Network. Guess what game it is. Not Yankees Red Sox, but Yankees Blue
1: Blue Jays. Jays.
5: Oh, God, I got it. You can watch Brian host MLB Now weekdays throughout the season at 11 a.m. Pacific. Plus, MLB Network has the Jays and the Bombers this Thursday at 4 o'clock. That's actually interesting, is that the Jays have done well against the Yankees lately? Were they won nine out of eleven? In is it in Yankee Stadium or
3: overall? Might be overall. They they played really well against them. Uh, I know
5: it's been a been a uh, a good turnaround for them. So BK, I was giving this elaborate this whole introduction for you, MLB Network, Showtime, the whole deal. And then I realized you weren't with us yet. So I just want to know. I had a huge build up for you again.
0: I believe you. I'll take your word for it. Thank you. I appreciate that.
5: And you guys are going to have and I talked about uh, MLB now and we also talked about uh, Thursday you're going to have the Jays and the Yankees and the Jays now as they're growing up. They've been doing well against the Yankees.
0: Yeah, look, they're I mean, they're a quality team and it the more you watch them now, especially with, you know, some of the additions that they've made, uh, it had so much firepower last year. They, they kind of weren't as good as their firepower last year. Do you know what I mean? Their production is so tremendous. Uh, and yet they were, you could tell by their run differential was better than their win-loss record. This year, I think they're kind of evening out and they're a powerhouse. When you look at what's
5: going on with the A's and the Rays, I know two organizations that you have followed because of just all the years, the way the game has changed, the A's were at the forefront. We all live the Moneyball era. We now know your affinity for, for, for the Rays. What's it like when you watch A's raise?
0: Um, well, look, it's been exciting the last few years. Maybe we got spoiled. You know, it's, it's funny. We – um, because not only were they able to compete these last few years, but they were excelling uh, again. You know, I pointed out the, the A's were winning not 90 games a year like that. That's kind of the marker, right? Like, Oh, they're winning 90 games. Yeah. They're winning 97 a year. And, you know, now that they're trading off and they're now they're doing a, the rebuild or the retrench, whatever it would be um, it's, it you know, it takes a little bit out of that, but the last few years, it's been remarkable what they've been able to do with their payroll. And I'll give you a perfect example. I just looked briefly at the payrolls this year and in the second division, basically, you know, teams 16 through 30 in payroll, I really only see three teams that can make the playoffs. So money makes a big difference. And I think the last few years, the fact that the Rays are winning divisions that the A's are winning 97 a year has kind of obscured that. That it's, you know, you really do need to make at, at least like mid-level money in your payroll to be able to compete for a championship. And so what the A's and Rays have done the last few years is, is truly amazing.
5: If you were running the A's right now and you had Frankie Montas sitting there and obviously there were rumors about the Chicago White Sox. But would you be looking to deal him now or would you wait more towards the deadline where you could get more teams involved and more teams fighting over him
0: well yeah that's the that's the the craft of it right and the and then the experience that you have um I would think you'd get more now you get more starts out of the guy now and, and teams will always say that if you can move before the deadline you should be able to get a better you know, trade value. On the other hand, what you're saying is also true that uh, you'll have teams that are a little more determined right around the trade deadline, especially this year with another team in each league making the playoffs. I think we're going to have a bunch of middle-class teams that uh, were not as anxious or uh, aggressive that are going to jump in there knowing that one or two players can make a big difference in getting from, you know, 81 wins to 87, which is likely what it'll take to make the playoffs.
5: You know, right now in your neck of the woods, obviously we know with Aaron Judge and turning down the extension, I know Bieber has talked about, oh, I'd love to stay in Cleveland. Well, what else is a guy going to say when, when he's asked about an extension? We had to deal with that with Matt Chapman. We knew Chapman was telling us one thing, but he and Boris were going to do the other. Like, What is really the best way to handle this as a player when you have to say the right things or you're just going to get killed in the media?
0: Yeah, you have to play that game. And uh, look, it takes two to tango. You know, today on MLB Now, we spoke to Alex Anthopoulos. And one of my questions was, you know, regarding Freddie Freeman. I think they made a great move in trading for Matt Olson and getting Olsen in there when they realized it was unlikely to get Freeman. And yet, like, what happened? You know, what happened? For whatever reason, some something wasn't communicated or the negotiations just took on a life of their own. And even though Freeman didn't it, – it, look, Freeman didn't break the bank, you know, as compared to the type of player that he is, and yet they were unable to make that deal. So you just have to say, look, I'm, I'm open to, to staying. I'd love to stay. It's got to be a competitive offer. And, again, players have to wait six years to get that shot. So they've earned that shot, and I don't think we should ever hold it against them. And the, the, it's up to the team to come out and make – a competitive offer i thought the yankees offer was actually quite good um is it top of the line no you know mookie betts and mike trout make a little bit more but judge is going to be 31 when he starts that deal so i thought it was <laughs> i thought it was a good deal you know they didn't come up short 30 million <laughs> a year for seven doesn't isn't short
5: it's just it's almost laughable when you hear uh 230
0: million yeah i'm not signing that yeah i understand. you know what it is i i Like I understand it, I think you do too, right? Like you, you are comparing yourself to your peers, Uh, but you also do have to keep an eye on uh, comparing yourself to the American standard of living. That you know, and GMs now have this advantage that the industry is so rich, so lucrative, that you can just wow a guy with money. Whereas even you know, free agency late '70s, early '80s. Um, you were offering real money, but it wasn't making a guy super rich. It was making him, you know, pretty fluid, very affluent, but not rich. When you're talking 30 million a year, as compared to the American standard of living, no, you're rich, and so you have that advantage. And yet, players still compare themselves to their peers and think, wait, he's making 34.5, I'm making 30. Why is that?
5: Well, that's where I want to know behind the scenes. Are you saying forget Bob Costas and Greg Amsinger? I'm Brian Kenny. I need to get paid.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, that's it. Look, uh, no matter what, like what I think of, I, realistically, I think of the money I'm making now. And I would if you had told me that when I was first a sportscaster in 1986, I would think I'd be, well, I'm, I, you know, I'm on my yacht and I'm, I've got my, uh, you know, my, my, my ponies out in the yard and I've got my racehorses and everything. You no, know, whatever you, you make, you know, you get used to it and you spend um, and as much as we look at it and go 30 million a year, what do you do with that money? No, you're, you're rich, but you'll figure out something to do with that money. And there, there are very few guys who make that money. So they are entitled.
5: You know, I've told you, I tape the show every single week, and we haven't been able to watch it because when it came on here, we are getting ready for our show. But I'm sure when I watch later on today, uh, you guys will talk about the double play that ended in Texas between the Rockies and the Rangers. Uh, what was your guys' take on that today?
0: Well, we were in a uh, vehement disagreement. I, I You, know, you, I and, you out, and Dan I, I, O'Dowd? Yeah. Dan O'Dowd. Dan O'Dowd. uh, Actually, I'm going to try to get this right. Dan O'Dowd said, I hate the rule. I think it was a good call. I say, I love the rule. And I think it was the wrong call. (laughs) So we were in exact disagreement. I'll throw out one thing for those who are saying, well, you know, he has to keep his foot on the bag. That's not true. You have to attempt to keep your foot on the bag. So if you come off the bag and you happen to be off to the side, that still could be a legal slide. It it's open to some interpretation. I, I'll tell you my gut reaction, and I'm very sensitive to this. I've been pushing for this rule for years. Uh, two decades, I thought this, you know, it, to take a guy out and try to hurt a guy on second base is, is absurd. What are we doing? It's not, you know, the rough and tumble 19th century. And yet, uh, I was surprised when that was the call yesterday. I didn't think it should be called. I, and yeah, it's kind of like nitpicking. Letter of the law. Did he move to the right a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. But I thought he was within his rights. And if you go in hard, straight into the bag, and you don't veer, like don't find the guy. You know, if the, if the infielder is looking to move one way or another, if you go to find him, you stay with him, and he can't avoid you and you hurt him, then obviously that's what the rule is all about. That's wrong. That's against the rule. I, I didn't think Garver did that at all. I thought he went in hard, a little to the right, and then he rolled up like, a little bit. I was, I was surprised it was called. Dan O'Dowd thought, you have to call that. It's an easy call.
5: Well, I'll tell you an easy call. I was watching MLB Central this morning, and they were showing, I can't remember what year it was, but it's Yankees-Royals, Hal McCray in the ALCS uh, going into Willie Randolph. I think it was Willie Randolph. I mean, well, I think it was 78, I think it was. They, were, they showed that highlight. I'm like, oh, my God, what the game used to be to where it is today.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, and I know we show that all the time, and that's like though that that's also egregious. Even back then, it was crazy, <laughs> and I'm against that. I think everyone can look at that and say, "All right, we don't want that." And yet, I think the key word to use is the word that they use at the plate for the collision rule: egregious. And I, you kind of know it when you see it, as a you know Supreme Court Justice once said. You know, do you roll out of the way to try to hurt this guy? Did you go to try to? find him to crush him. And if you just go in, you should be able to go straight into the bag as hard as you want. And if that guy's standing there and you break his leg, you break his leg. That guy's got to get out of your way. But you can't go and veer, as they say, that's part of the rules, veer and find the guy. And I think we'll know when it's there. I think if we look to see, let's let's not eliminate every collision on the field. Let's eliminate the egregious collisions.
5: You know, I asked David Forrest yesterday on this program about the amount of positions that we have on the roster, and he talked about how they fought so long for 26. We're going to start with 28. But now with the way that we're not getting a whole lot of innings out of starters and pitchers are getting hurt, I know there's still what we're going through with the labor negotiations. We just had COVID, but do you think like around 28 at some point will be around the number for roster spots?
0: That seems to make sense. I think there also needs to be a rule and there is a rule now this year. I think it'll start in May, like right around May 2nd, I think, uh, that you have a limit on pitchers as well. Yeah. And I think from there you deal with it. Um, look, and the, the better teams, the smarter teams, the A's, the Rays, the Dodgers, Yankees, they've been at the forefront of using their AAA shuttle, move, you know, optioning guys, moving them up and down, trying to maximize the players that you can use. And I knew this was coming. I wrote it in my book years ago when I wrote a chapter on bullpenning. And I said, look, they're going to come up with rules to stop this. So do it now. Bullpen now because they're going to come up with rules to stop it. And now they are. And I think 28 makes sense. Um, you know, you want to make them play within the same rules. You want a few guys on the bench and you don't want guys to get hurt. Um, but maybe if you have fewer pitchers, perhaps we'll get out of this, you know, max effort sort of um, dynamic that we're in. That guys are, everybody's trying to throw 97 and up and, you know, only pitch for an inning and two thirds. That's where we're at now.
5: Well, obviously, we've had overreaction to start the year, right? We have all these opinions, and, oh, my God, we're three, four games in. But on your way out, I would love one big, bad, bold prediction for the 2022 season. Look into the Brian Kinney uh, crystal ball. What do you see one bold prediction?
0: Oh, you're killing me. Let me see. Let me see. Because you are the professor. I mean te- you mean team-wise? I'll tell you one thing I'd like to see right. this year. This year, No, no we're not going to have it. But I think at the start of next year, how about that? Pitch clock. I think we're all ready for the pitch clock. I think it's finally kind of turning the corner where we see it will help. It'll trim a half hour off games off the top right away. Half hour, dead time, gone. I'd like to see that. Well,
5: as someone that books in a broadcast for 162 games, I'm all for it.
0: You'll love it. Oh, Have you seen it in the minor leagues? In the minor leagues, and the players like it. Managers like it. Everybody likes it. Pitchers can't recover as well. I get it, but that doesn't mean they're getting hurt. It means you have to work faster like they did in, like, 1957. It can be physically done.
5: Well, I got to tell you, your show, like, I hate during spring training when they put games on. Like, I don't need to see the Cardinals and the Yankees from Florida. I want MLB now. Your show is so good. We we take, we take steal from your show all the time, I got to tell you. <laughs> it's fabulous. The research that I, you guys I'm, have. I'm
0: honored that you steal from the show. I'm honored. So, I'm going to
5: tell you this. I, I, I tell everybody that comes on from MLB, uh, from MLB Network how much we love them. You, by far, are our favorite. What you do is second to none. Your guys show and what you do, even as a host with all the guys on, uh, on a nightly basis. But uh, you are the king, my man, of MLB Network. We, we love having you on the program. It's always an
0: honor. No, thank you so much. Very kind of you. And i love to do it again. I'll, I'll have a better uh, bold prediction for you. Maybe <laughs> that Stephen Kwan never strikes out all year. Something like that. He's a Bay Area kid. It's amazing. I'd love to see more players like that. I'll throw in one more thing. Like, everybody wants to ban the shift. If, if, if it's all Stephen Kwan's coming up, you don't have to ban the shift. But we don't like guys. We say we love guys 5'9", 170 that can play Major League Baseball. No, we don't. Uh, if we ban the shift, we're protecting the big lumbering slugger, not guys like Stephen Kwan. Hey, our good friend Bob
5: Melvin once said, if you shifted against Ichiro, he'd hit 800.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just, I don't we want to see more of those players? Exactly. No doubt. Hey, Brian,
5: thank you for the time. Be well, be safe, and we'll talk soon. We will. Thank you so much. Take care. The great Brian Kenny. I I mean it. I tape that show every day. I will watch it tonight after I get done with postgame. My kids are always like, Dad, we're watching this show again? It is the best baseball show, hands down. There's no question. And don't forget... You can see it out here, 11 a.m. Pacific. MLB Now, hosted by Brian Kenny, and also we got Jays and Yankees Thursday night baseball at 4 o'clock Pacific. More baseball. bringing. I love. I love when they put games. on. How do you not love too when Bob Costas is doing a game? I mean, seriously, it's Bob Costas.
3: Oh uh, yeah, friend of the program, Bob Costas.
5: Jim Cott. I mean, come on, it just it oozes baseball. But hey, games on MLB Network. Haven't, uh, have n't we had game start yet on Apple or uh, Peacock yet?
3: Uh, yes, we had a game on opening night. I think it was Mets, Nats. And then Friday night, I listened to it. It was um, our buddy Stephen Nelson, who's been on the program from Intentional Talk. Um, Katie Nolan and Hunter Pence called the Angels-Astros game. And it was interesting because Hunter Pence was adding. On co- what? Apple TV. Huh? And Hunter Pence was adding in funny commentary like, man, that guy looks ripped under that jersey. like Just all this stuff that he was just talking about. and It was a fun broadcast. In front I believe- of
5: the program, Hunter Pence.
3: Yeah, I believe next Friday we're, the A's and Rangers are on Apple TV. Next Friday, so during the homestead. So that would be the, what's today, the 12th 13th, 14th, the 22nd? April 22nd, A's Rangers will be on Apple TV.
5: I'm in. Uh, you ready for a little buying or selling? Do we have time?
4: It's time for Buying or Selling. Sell,
1: sell. Right
4: now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live.
3: All right, so I didn't get a chance to look yesterday to see uh, about the Jays and if they had a, more home runs. I know they did beat the Yankees last night, so that did happen.
5: Uh, that I believe they've beaten the Yankees nine out of the last 11.
3: That sound, like I said, I think that sounds about right. And now the research I did, I'll, I'll pull it up real quick and see how, if they hit a home run yesterday or home runs. Plural, they did win 3-0 against the Yankees. They hit The Jays hit one home run, George Springer, their second off, Jamison Tyone. So after four games, the Toronto Blue Jays have flashed some of their potential. They won their series versus the Rangers over the weekend, hitting seven home runs. They had another home run yesterday, so that's now eight home runs. Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit the furthest home run of his career, 467 feet on Sunday. Matt Chapman also hit his first home run. He crushed that ball. The team the team record for home runs in a season is 3.07 by the Minnesota Twins in 2019. The Twins currently lead baseball in home runs. That was nine. That was coming into Sunday, but I'm sure they hit more yesterday. Uh, the Jays are on pace for 378 homers, but they're on pace to allow 324. Buying or selling, the Toronto Blue Jays will break the all-time home run record.
5: I'm selling. Because the team that's going to break it is the team that owns it. Uh, they, The Bomba squad,
3: the Minnesota Twins, will break their own record this year. They played yesterday, right? I'm going to see if they hit any more. They did play. They finished their series. Let me just see if they.
5: shell had a big hit in that game.
3: Uh, Gary Sanchez crushed a home Byron run.
5: Byron Buxton, by the way, is off to
3: a very good start. Buxton's hitting 333 He was two for three yesterday. They did not hit a home run yesterday, so they still have nine. But still, Buxton also has uh, got us first stolen base. If he stays healthy, top three MVP. Call. It. I'm booking it now.
5: Wander Franco, by the way, nine hits and 15 at-bats this year.
3: It's pretty good. He's on my Tied base. with
5: Stephen Kwan. He's on fire.
3: Uh, Kwan, uh, what is he? He's the first player since 1901 to have reached base 15 times in his first yeah, but they, four <laughs> games. Was there someone before 1901, or are they just saying
5: that's that's as far uh, back maybe, as we can go? Maybe that's
3: the modern era they're considering, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Stephen Kwan, kid from Washington High in Fremont, having an unbelievable start for the uh, Cleveland you know Guardians.
5: Seth Brown is second in RBIs in the big leagues right now between uh, behind Oscar Mercado, who's gotten off to a good start for?
3: The Guardians. He had a grand slam the, the other day. Cleveland Guardians. He had five RBI in their 17-3 win, where, but he had a grand slam. By so. the way,
5: only the Guardians and the Rangers have scored more runs than your Oakland Athletics, who you said wouldn't hit in spring training, and I said, I'm not buying it.
3: Uh, well, they're scoring a lot of runs, and they still run. Check the runs. tape. Check the tape. We didn't, we didn't bring it up yesterday, or bring it up, but Paul Blackburn pitched great yesterday for the A's. Oh. Five, inni- five scoreless innings. Had that good curveball going. He looked controlling good. Controlling it. Seven strikeouts. I mean, yep. if you would have told me coming into the year, the A's would have got back-to-back scoreless starts from Dalton Jeffries and Paul Blackburn. I would have said, there's no way.
5: Hey, somebody's going to have to eat innings. Yeah, well. I- and and I know we're gonna have a short leash on these guys now, but you're going from leading baseball in innings pitched by your starters. You can't you, you can't deviate from that plan. I mean you're gonna have to still you're gonna have to look at Frankie Montas while he's here, Cole Irvin, uh Blackburn, Jeffries, all are today. Caprellian, when he shows back up, like, guys, you're going to have to give us an inks because if you're going to rely on this bullpen to, to eat up four or five innings a night, oh, my God, it's going to be –
3: it'll be horrific. Well, and Adam Aller tonight, we're very excited to see 28th time in MLB history we're going to see two guys debut in the same game with Aller and Romero.
5: 20th round pick by the Pirates in 2016.
3: Former Home Depot worker, uh, valet, substitute teacher. His list is incredible. So, it's, it's great. it's going to be great to see the Mets – my only pitcher of the year pitched today for the A's. Uh, well, let's, let's shift gears and talk about something that's not great. So before 2018, the Baltimore Orioles, the Oriole way, they'd only lost 100 games twice in their history. 1954, when well, they became the Baltimore Orioles. Uh-huh. In 1988, the year after they drafted well, they drafted Ben McDonald that year, our friend who our friend, we'll see next week. Since 2018, they've lost 100 games three times, 115, 108, and 110 last year. They've had the, they have the top prospect in the game but haven't called him up as a college player, Adley Rushman, the catcher. But we've seen Bobby Wood Jr., Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners, and Hunter Green all debut all high school kids already in the majors, but this kid's not for some reason. They got swept by the Rays opening weekend in St. Petersburg. Buying or selling, the Orioles will lose 100 games for the fourth time in five years.
5: Uh, Buying and the home run totals, so they moved their fences back, is it 26 feet?
3: Yeah, I remember they moved the fences back. But I don't, so I don't know not the only did feet. they
5: move the fences back, I haven't seen it yet. But not only, and I'm sure we'll talk about this um, as opening day is next Monday is, and tickets are available. Uh, we'll talk, you know, it's against the Baltimore Orioles. So we'll talk about it. Not only are the fences 26 feet back, it's also the actual fence is way higher. Remember they used to be able to rob home runs there? Yeah. Now the fence is way higher. And supposedly they we gotta find this because I heard this, I don't know if I heard this on Sirius XM today or if this was on MLB Network, but they did a study of all these home runs that have been hit at Camden Yards. Where how many of those home runs wouldn't have been home runs with the fences moved in? Something like two hundred some home runs. Yeah, that's so it's 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 gonna change, which is great because the place was a bandbox and was a joke. Um if they're going to make it more pitcher-friendly and, and hopefully make them more competitive.
3: Well, they did win yesterday. They beat they beat my Brewers. My team, I always pick to win the NL Central. Brewers are 1-3 to start yeah. the season. Yeah, not good. They, Panic. 2-0 yesterday.
5: Panic two button.
3: 2-0 two the Orioles won yesterday Camden Yards. But I will give you this read real quick. Baseball's back in the 2022 regular season. It's just around the corner. Join us at the Oakland Coliseum for A's opening night when the Green and Gold take on the Baltimore Orioles Monday, April 18th. Fans also get a Let's Go Oakland rally towel presented by Kaiser Permanente on opening night get your tickets for Monday April 18th starting at just $15 buy at athletics.com that's athletics.com beautiful who would have who would have thought A's Orioles on opening day for the A's at the Coliseum
5: i mean that's at least traditional I mean, you
3: could have. You're telling uh, me you don't want to see A's Phillies at a Seriously, <laughs>
5: interleague play for opening day? Hey, it's the A's and the Reds, or the you know the A's and picket team. It's the A's and the uh, Pirates. <laughs> Pirates.
3: Yeah, that
5: sounds great.
3: I mean, hey, speaking at of, least it's an American League team, and there's some history there. Speak, you know, we saw you mentioned this to me earlier. The Guardians have re-signed um, Emmanuel Classe, their closer. Mm-hmm. They re-signed Ramirez, and they re-signed uh, one other, uh, Miles Straw. Shane Bieber is open to no, resigning. No, he's not. He's lying. The Pirates re-signed Key Brian Hayes to a eight-year, for eight-year seventy $70 million deal. It's nice to see the, the Guardians and Pirates shelling up money for players. That's the biggest contract the Pirates ever gave out to someone.
5: Someone offers you the money. I mean, it's still crazy that someone like Aaron Judge, who is not young.
3: He's going to be 30.
5: He's not young. And he's one injury away and then uh oh I mean he turned down two hundred and thirty million
3: dollars. Well he did say he's gonna to talk to all thirty teams and the Yankees will be one of them.
5: <laughs> I just he, he here's a question. How much is he really worth?
3: When he plays he's very good. How much is he worth? I don't know if he's worth what do they offer him two thirty three? The thirty. He's a good he's a good defender, I'll give him that. But is that, is that- what is he worth? Is Aaron Judge good player?
5: He's going to hit a lot of home runs, and he's tall so he can rob home runs at Yankee Stadium. But
3: really, what is he worth? Do you think he's top 10 player? Right now? Right now, yes. But over his career, no.
5: Aaron Judge is a top 10 player?
3: I think so. I've been combining defense and offense. If you're talking about just offensively, he's immensely talented. But he's a good defender too.
5: Aaron Judge, is that good?
3: I think so, but I don't think he's going to get top 10 money cuz of his age. The age is going to be the big thing for him. All right, let's let, let's just go look at Aaron Judge for a second.
5: Strikes out a lot. Who doesn't? Uh no. He had one year of 52 home runs. Rookie year.
3: 52 home runs
5: since then what he hasn't even hit 40 he hit 27 in 2018 this is his prime 27 home runs in 2018 which i've already said on this show you run into four balls a month you got 24 he hit 27 and 18 now he was limited because of injuries that's against him uh, at 27 and 18, 27 and 19, only played 112 and 102 and 18 and 19. COVID year and eh. last year, 39 home runs, 98 RBIs, 916 OPS, good to 287. That's a top 10 player. He scored 100 runs one time. The mystique around Aaron Judge is off one year of 2017.
3: MLB Network has him 11th. I I think he could be top ten, but he's getting older, so it's hard. Like, I think Jose Ramirez is better than the 15th best player. But no one talks about Jose Ramirez because why? He plays for Cleveland.
5: If Aaron Judge was a Kansas City Royal, would he be a top ten player? It Goes back to the Derek Jeter thing.
3: Uh, Yeah, that's a good point.
5: Is this guy – I mean, I'm just saying. He's had one year. Well, he's had two – he's had one spectacular year, and that was in 2017. We're in 2022, man. Last year he had a very good year, very good year. But health problems. He's he's 30. When does he turn 31?
3: Uh, let me look real quick. Are you really building?
5: Do you really want to build a team around him?
3: I don't know if you're building your team. I, that's why you I,
5: are at paying him th- over 30 million dollars a year. Oh,
3: I'm not getting him 30 million dollars a year. I, but I I don't.
5: Well, he just turned down 233.
3: Maybe he doesn't like playing in New York. I mean, we saw Alec Bohm say, "I effing hate it here." Talk about the Phillies last night.
5: But do you see what I'm saying? I asked you if he's a top ten player, and you won't give him 233 million.
3: But you said he was a top ten player. He'll be tw- he'll be 30 in April, so he'll be 31 next April. He'll be 30 April 26th.
5: So let me ask you again: You don't want to give him 233 million, but you're
3: saying he's a top ten player. I think so, but I don't think he'll. I don't. I wouldn't give him that because of his age. What guy's going to get paid? I mean, Freddie Freeman, how much does Freeman get? Is it just me listening
5: to this guy and I can point to him because we're on video? You call him a top 10 player, top 10 players make over $30 million a year, but you won't give him $30 million a year.
3: How, how much is Freeman getting?
5: You have to do the numbers, I don't know. He's a
3: top 10 player, he's not making $30 million a year. He's also 32. Judge will be 31 going into the start of next, well, in next year. Is Freddie Freeman a top 10 player? MLB Network says he is. Why
5: are you using other people? I'm asking you. I don't think Freeman is. Okay. Well, I rather have Matt Olson. So once again, Aaron Judge.
3: I don't think you he's gonna, said
5: is a top ten player.
3: But he's not going to get two hundred million dollars.
5: I don't care what he's going to get. I want your opinion. I don't think he, I, I Stop using other people. You're you're using other people.
3: I want your opinion. I wouldn't give him two hundred million dollars. So he's not a top ten player to the He can still be a top ten. Temp- I just gave you Aaron, Freddie Freeman as an example. Top ten players make over
5: – top ten, when they hit free agency, they're getting over $30 million a year.
3: Let me see what Freeman's deal is. Well, we're out of time, too. But Freeman got – I forget his deal. Wasn't it like – 80-something? Wasn't eight years or something? He got less years, but
5: the average is still really good. And who knows how much is deferred.
3: I think some of it is deferred. Um, why is it not bringing up his contract? Six-year, 162. So, let's see. This is good radio, by the way. $27 million for a guy that, that people say is a top-ten player. I think Aaron Judge gets somewhere around there. I'm not asking what he's – I'm asking you. No, I would not – I said it already. I would not give him $30 million, but he could be a top-ten player.
5: So, you're not going to give a top-ten player $30 million a year when the rest says, as Brian Kinney said, his peers – his peers are all getting
3: 30. Trout making 30? Uh, he's making like 36, 37, whatever. No, 35 or 36, something like that. He's also 30 now, too. But he signed that deal years ago. Mookie Betts making 30? He is, but he also signed his deal in his mid-20s also. I
5: mean, I can I, I keep going. Uh, we're out of time, so. Okay, <laughs> just just checking. All right, that is going to do it for A's Cast Live. We want to thank the great Brian Kenny from MLB Network. Don't forget... On Thursday, they are going to have the Blue Jays and the Yankees. and that, Is that in New York or Toronto?
3: It's in New York. Then Toronto goes home to playoffs.
5: And in the bushes, our buddy Shooty Babbitt. El, we, Elvis Andrews tomorrow, 105. The great Elvis Andrews. Off to a great start. Sorry. he's. Are you kidding me? Elvis is on
3: fire. Grand slam or three-run homer yesterday.
5: Hitting 313. Isn't that nice after last year got off to such a horrible yeah, start? Yeah, it's a great for him. Okay, so we'll have Elvis tomorrow. Uh, hang out here for a few minutes. What are we going to play?
3: Uh, we're going to play some commercial spots, and we'll get you right into Ace Total Access.
5: Ace you. Total Access will be at 240. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back in a few.
4: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best